Unlock your Bible. Discover the true meaning of life. Learn the cause of world problems and the astounding solution. Prove for yourself what the future holds. In the Trumpet Literature Library, you will find answers to life's most important questions. Explore these vital titles on Trumpet Bookshelf. Welcome to Trumpet Bookshelf. I'm Grant Turgeon. We have heard a couple examples in history of the devastating results of nuclear fallout. At least a couple that immediately come to mind. There's probably plenty more. But the United States bombed Japan to essentially eliminate Japan from World War II. And also a nuclear reactor exploded in Chernobyl. And really, that was a huge part of the Soviet Union declining and eventually falling apart. But the results of nuclear destruction basically last for decades. You can read on your own about that if you want to, but just the way that people in Japan and in the Soviet bloc were affected by nuclear fallout, it's absolutely horrifying. Basically, people's bodies being slowly burned and torn apart by basically acid. It's, it's probably the worst way to die. The prophet Habakkuk wrote about nuclear fallout thousands of years ago, before nuclear fallout was even possible. And this vision of the future that God gave to Habakkuk caused him to quake. He was terrified. This is Habakkuk 3 verse 16. When I heard, my belly trembled. My lips quivered at the voice. Rottenness entered into my bones, and I trembled in myself that I might rest in the day of trouble. When he comes up unto the people, he will invade them with his troops. Here Habakkuk foretells the great tribulation, and he had never envisioned anything quite this terrifying. This is from page 47 of the Habakkuk booklet, written by Mr. Gerald Flurry. And you can get a copy of this booklet for free at thetrumpet.com. Page 47 of the Habakkuk booklet, Mr. Flurry writes, Rottenness entered into Habakkuk's bones. Indescribable terror kept his bones from holding his body together. The bones are man's strongest parts. They keep the frame of the body together. Habakkuk almost became like a shapeless blob. This was the effect of the shattering alarm and acute pain he suffered because of this vision of nuclear devastation. That is really quite hard to think about. We have seen 
very small examples, like I mentioned, of nuclear fallout, the effects of nuclear fallout. And yet it's nothing compared to what Habakkuk saw. It will get a whole lot worse. Now, this is certainly not a pleasant subject. And yet, as we'll see, there is great hope in all of it. This is Amos 6, verse 11. For behold, the eternal commands, and he will smite the great house with breaches and the little house with clefts. Mr. Fleury explains on page 49 of the Habakkuk booklet that breaches basically means drops of dew. And if you read Amos 6, you can see from the context that drops of dew is talking about nuclear fallout. So it wasn't just Habakkuk, it was also Amos talking about nuclear fallout, drops of dew, drops of body-destroying nuclear acid in the air, making contact with the skin, entering the bloodstream, entering the lungs, and shredding human bodies, nuclear fallout. Here in Amos 6, verse 11, the word clefts means fissures. A fissure is a break or lesion in the tissue, usually at the junction of skin and mucous membrane. So basically, God is striking human beings with breaches and clefts drops of dew and fissures the drops of dew that nuclear fallout will tear human flesh to pieces it will cause fissures mr flurry writes nuclear warfare is coming we can't hide from it Now, although we cannot hide from nuclear fallout, we can understand the main events that must take place before nuclear fallout occurs, before nuclear war takes place. The prophet Habakkuk talks about two major events in this end time that precede nuclear disaster. The first event happens within God's own church. It is devastating church division. And the second event takes place in the world. It is a political religious combine rising in Europe to not only dominate the continent, but to attempt to take over the entire world. This political religious combine in Europe 
will be led by Germany and by the Catholic Church. So if you can look around and see major church division in this end time, even to the point of going to court to fight against each other, and if you can also see Germany rising in Europe, then you know that nuclear fallout isn't far away. And you know that it is time to start running. It is time to ramp up the urgency to go from walking to running to all out sprinting because we know that time is short. Habakkuk cried out to God for deliverance from affliction. He could see a vision of division in this end time. And he asked God, how long is this going to last? How long is injustice going to prevail? Habakkuk writes in legal terms about court injustice and corruption, about legal warring, about one group trying to destroy God's message and another group trying to preserve and deliver that message to the entire world. The rebels who try to destroy God's message are using the courts, are using corruption in the law of the land to try to shut down the truth. Habakkuk 1 gets very specific. It talks about one particular wicked man and one particular righteous man. That's Habakkuk 1 and verse 4. Habakkuk 1 verse 4 seems to be a bit of a paradox. I'll read that to you now. Therefore the law is slacked and judgment does never go forth. For the wicked one does compass about the righteous one, it should read. Therefore, wrong judgment proceeds. So at first this verse says judgment never goes forth. Then it says wrong judgment proceeds. The first part of the verse is talking about lawlessness within God's church. There is no law. There is no rule of law. There is no standard. There is no righteous authority within these rebellious church groups that have turned away from God after the death of Herbert W. Armstrong in 1986. Judgment never goes forth in these rebellious churches. However, when the wicked one surrounds the righteous one in the courts of this land, wrong judgment proceeds. So there's no judgment at all within the rebellious churches. And then within the courts of this land, there is judgment and it's wrong and it's corrupt and it favors the rebels. It goes against free speech, the first amendment. 
it's pretty much the easiest court case that our nation has ever had to deal with. Our courts have never seen anything easier to decide. You had the Philadelphia Church of God versus the Worldwide Church of God. And the Worldwide Church of God, after Mr. Armstrong, was just simply trying to destroy everything he ever taught. Just trying to literally blot out his teachings, which really were the teachings that God revealed to him. They didn't want any human on this planet to read Mr. Armstrong's writings. Now, obviously, in a case like this, no one should be free to blot out anyone else's speech. In a supposedly free country like the United States of America, this should never happen. And yet, through several rounds of court battles... Most of the time, the courts of this land sided with the WCG. They thought those rebels had a right to completely eliminate Mr. Armstrong's writings. They thought that the rebels who hated Mr. Armstrong and wanted to simply destroy his works were allowed to do so instead of allowing fair use and even another group, a loyal group, to possess those writings and freely distribute them and read them and, and actually use them and benefit from them. So the PCG fought the WCG in court for six years until 2003. And there was a, a wicked man at the head of the Worldwide Church of God lying incessantly before the courts. And he was able to fool worldly courts into siding with him. Now, there is a lot that God's people can learn from all of this. Habakkuk 2 verse 4 says, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. So again, there's two men. There's a wicked man. There's a righteous man. There's a wicked group fighting against Jesus Christ himself, trying to destroy Mr. Armstrong's writings, including Mystery of the Ages, The Incredible Human Potential, The United States and Britain in Prophecy, and many, many other writings. They were trying so hard, the WCG was, to destroy those writings violating free speech, violating the First Amendment of the United States Constitution. The wicked group followed a wicked man. And then a righteous group, a loyal group that wanted to continue doing God's work, followed 
a righteous man. And they walked by faith. They lived by faith through this entire six-year court battle. December 7th was the 33-year anniversary of the Philadelphia Church of God. And this has been a church that it has experienced just countless miracles. But it's not, it doesn't always come easy. There is a lot in Habakkuk chapter 2 condemning the wicked leader of the WCG who tried to blot out God's truth. And God will only reveal his truth to people who are humble before him, people who fear him and tremble at his word, as it says in Isaiah 66 verse 2. God had to intervene in this court battle and revive his work in the middle of the crisis years, as it talks about in Habakkuk 3 verse 2. This was a life or death struggle. The PCG could not do God's work today without the writings, the foundational understanding that God gave to Mr. Armstrong. And so God actually showed us a year in advance from the book of Habakkuk that the PCG would win that court battle. Despite all of the injustice in the courts of the land, despite them defying common sense and ignoring free speech and siding with a wicked man and his antichrist supporters, even still the PCG won. That was just an astounding miracle and perhaps the very greatest moment in PCG history. There is a lot of fighting though involved in this court case history. It took really fighting for God's truth, proving to God how much we wanted to preserve the truth before God would let us keep it. Now, while this court case was going on, something was brewing over in Europe. And it still is brewing to this day. Remember, it's church division and German dominance that precede nuclear warfare and fallout. Those are the two steps before nuclear fallout. Division in the church, German domination of Europe. And then comes the Great Tribulation. And then, finally, after the suffering, comes the return of Jesus Christ. But what we should really be sobered by is the fact that God's church in this end time is 
divided. The Philadelphia Church of God today is very strong, and yet there are dozens and dozens of rebellious churches that also came out of the Worldwide Church of God, and they persecute and they attack the PCG. They fight against Christ himself. They would love to suppress the truth that God gave to the world through Mr. Armstrong, and yet the PCG now has the copyrights to Mr. Armstrong's foundational writings, and you can get them for free at thetrumpet.com. You need to start with Mystery of the Ages. You need to read and study the United States and Britain in prophecy, the incredible human potential, and so much more. You can learn about healing and faith. You can learn about prophecy. You can really anchor your life on the basic truth that God gave to Mr. Armstrong. It's all free, easily available to you at thetrumpet.com. But while this church delivers that message, Germany is rising. The church today is divided in the sense that basically the PCG is surrounded by rebellious groups. Groups that reject what God did through Mr. Armstrong. Groups that reject God's law. Groups that do not obey God anymore and do not have the vision of their future anymore. Groups that refuse to do God's work and deliver his warning message to the world. And part of that warning message is to declare to the world what is happening over in Europe. Notice Habakkuk 1 verse 6, For lo, I raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. You can prove that the Chaldeans, the Assyrians, the Babylonians in prophecy are talking about German-led Europe and the religious influence from the Catholic Church. It is a political, religious beast power. And it's rising. And God says, He raises them up. At the same time that the church is divided and fighting amongst itself, Germany is on the march Germany is fully recovered from World War II and dominating Europe financially, militarily. They're always finding ways to send out troops to Africa and the Middle East and beyond. They're big-time arms dealers. And God is raising up Germany. Habakkuk 1 Verse 7 talks about Germany being like evening wolves, sleeping and fasting all day so they're ready to hunt at night. We don't want to be the target of these evening wolves or the nuclear warfare that is coming soon as well. Habakkuk cried out to God, and God showed him, step by step, 
what would happen leading up to Jesus Christ's return. There would be division in God's church. There would be an empire rising in, in Europe, led by Germany and the Catholic Church, that will start World War III. And yes, there will be nuclear fallout. But then there will also be a glorious future beyond. Here Habakkuk writes about God's way of life finally being restored to the earth. Habakkuk 3 verses 18 and 19. Yet will I rejoice in the eternal. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The eternal God is my strength, and he will make my feet like hind's feet, and he will make me to walk upon mine high places. It was like Habakkuk could leap like a deer. He was jumping for joy at the vision that God gave gave him. So yes, he did tremble when he saw the vision of nuclear fallout, but he also saw a vision of Jesus Christ returning in power and glory to stop all war and suffering and to bring us the type of life we've always desired. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Trumpet Bookshelf. You've been listening to Trumpet Bookshelf. Please email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for new episodes every Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time.